Hi, I'm Annie Emerson, and this is the PK Triathlon Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the PK Triathlon Podcast. Uh, in this episode, we've got another superstar triathlon, uh, but with a slightly different hat these days. Annie Emerson is a former elite triathlete who competes in triathlon, duathlon and running uh, and over a 10 year period raced in all three sports for Great Britain, uh, winning major medals. Uh, you retired at the top of your sport in 2006 as world number one duathlete. Since retiring, you've worked in a multitude of roles, including lead ITU series race commentator at the, for the BBC, also worked as a main reporter in the new exciting very innovative uh, Super League series. Worked at the Olympics as a presenter and a commentator in triathlon races. Uh, in 2020, you've launched your own podcast, Her Spirit, with Louise Minchin, um, interviewing, I must be honest, a really impressive list of amazing women, including Dame Kelly Holmes, Claudia Hammond, Joe Wiley, Dame Sarah Story, just to name a few. And that's just some of the highlights. And you're a coach. You've been coached by some legends of the sport. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say that the, the, the podcast is aimed predominantly at beginners and sort of newbie intermediate triathletes, although we're tending to find that people from a slightly higher echelon are also getting huge amounts out of it. We try and keep it quite relaxed. So welcome, Annie. Guys, thanks for having me. Honestly, I mean, I'm very grateful for you to sort of, you know, read out, um, I guess, my achievements because it's easy to forget about them. And I always think, oh, I haven't done anything, but, you know, I guess... Um, I've been really fortunate. Um, as you mentioned there in the intro, I've had some amazing coaches, honestly, you know, that have been, you know, it sounds a bit dramatic, but I guess life-changing in a way, um, particularly my time spent with Brett Sutton. Um, I was also uh, trained by uh, Chris Jones, who was very much part of the uh, Sydney team. Um, and Athens, uh, a great guy. Um, he did a lot of my run coaching. So when I qualified for the World Half Marathon Championships in 2001, he was my coach. And I, I was, of course, um, coached by the legendary Bill Black as well. Um, he took me to my first European Cup wins. Um, for those who don't know him, he, he trained the great uh, Spencer Smith. And for those of you who don't know, go and check him out. The rivalry um, between him and great Simon Lessing was just you know, something that we, I don't think we've seen maybe since it, in our sport, but uh, Roger Black was amazing. And I'm now running, uh, not seriously, um, but just chasing marathon times. And I've got a lovely guy on board, uh, Dave Newport, who uh, his motto is don't be shit. And that's why I signed up with him because I, I like his motto. <laughs> um, you might want to bleep that one out. Um, but yeah, that's me. And the Her Spirit podcast is something that I'm incredibly proud of. I've been so lucky with the BBC and to have been involved in the Olympics um, in London 2012, originally there as a live commentator, and then, of course, in Rio. And then we're keeping our fingers crossed at um, Tokyo as well, um, hearing all sorts of different things every day. Um, mm -hmm. But at the moment, we won't obviously be in Tokyo, but we will be um, in Salford in the booth with the BBC. So um, there you go. You can tell that I talk for, uh, <laughs> for a career now because I don't stop. So just like <laughs> tell me to shut up whenever you want. How did you get into multi-sports, Annie? It was very unconventional, I would say. Um, I didn't have a particularly conventional childhood. I, I spent a lot of time growing up in Spain, missed quite a lot of schooling, but I, I have been back since and, and done various um, 
different uh, things, including translation and bilingual, um, um, multitude of ridiculous um, courses I probably don't need. Um, but I um, went to live in Spain and then uh, with my dad, who was there, I was there on and off for about 15 years. I came back to London in my late teens and did a lot of um, hardcore partying. Um, hardcore as in, you know, what we did in those days, out drinking until the early hours, not a lot of exercise. And then uh, one day, I must have been about 18, 19, I woke up and I thought, oh, you know, this is fun, but I can't keep sort of waking up with a hangover every day of my life. So I started swimming in the local pool near where I was working at the time in Chiswick um, and met some guys that I'm very grateful to, um, who went, you've got to come and do triathlon. I had no idea what triathlon was at that point, but we are, I am, I am quite ancient. Some people don't realise that. I was at 51 last Monday, Monday, Ooh. can't remember, maybe 10. Um, so it was Happy the early birthday for last week. Thank you. So yeah, the um, in the early 90s, I, I picked up triathlon and it was like, I, I guess I've always been a bit of a tomboy. I rode horses um as as a young a young child wanted to be a jockey originally but I rode bikes instead so I guess I always had it in me to do something a, a little bit crazy um and then I think I was fortunate because I think that at the time you know you couldn't just dive into it like I did then and get the success I did because we have such great depth in this country in both the men and the women's race racing um and, and British teams but you know I quickly picked up results and I guess that motivated me and I realized that you know I had a different choice a different career path but you know I always say it to people if someone had said to me at the age of 18 you know you'll be living off the sport in, in seven, sort of living off, off, off the sport in in seven years time I would have gone no pigs flying you are much more likely to see pigs flying as I was downing another bottle of wine but you know and that's why I think you know crazy things do happen and and you know dream dream hard because you never know you know what can happen and when you work hard you know I mean obviously you've got to put it into perspective if I said you know I was going to run 12 seconds for 100 meters now that would be virtually impossible there are things that we can't do but at the time as someone who was quite young and obviously had you know a lot of natural talent um, I was able to move forward in a sport that you know I didn't know about you know several years forward several years behind rather what's your favorite discipline you know at school I was a decent cross-country runner I just went to a pretty much standard you know secondary school but I did show some I won the school's district cross-country championships but um I didn't have a team or a club and uh, for various reasons didn't really take up on it so about 15 I probably showed that I did have quite a lot of running mm-hmm. sort of potential but that was as far as any sport that I'd really done as a youngster really stretched and, and as you said yeah I did start with swimming um I kind of really enjoyed swimming before work um you know going swim and that's where I met the guys and that's that, those are the guys that introduced me to triathlon the sport's obviously in a really different place now compared to when you started not that long ago the sport has evolved into sort of a thrival thriving global lifestyle sport really what is it about triathlon that you really really enjoyed and made you passionate about it and, and still involved in in the sport today Wow, that's a good question. Um, what do I like about it? It's funny because when I commentate and and we I, I work alongside Matt Chilton for those uh, for the um, World Triathlon Series races, and it's not World Triathlon Series any longer, is it? It's World Championship Triathlon Series. It's very complicated. It's a, it's a really weird title. Yeah. Um, but I get so nervous. You know, luckily he actually he's lead, and I'm his I'm his psychic. I'm his co-commentator. Um, because I get so nervous because I hated that part of the sport. Oh my God, it just, it still makes me feel sick, even when I'm calling it. <laughs> 
but what do I love about the sport? I think that it's it's all inclusive. Anyone can do it, right? Um, which which is amazing. Um, I've seen lives, you know, change, you know, so much for the better for having found the sport. You know, the communities, you know, all around the country, the triathlon clubs are amazing. You know, the racing is it's really exciting and I guess you know once I started you know I hated racing but once the gun had gone and I was in the water I was kind of okay um but I think it's a very well balanced sport as well swim bike run you know I've done a lot of running over my years and um running alone is quite brutal on the body and I think the three sports um really um complement one another um and wow you know the growth of the sport is, is just something else but I love the fact that any age person can take part I mean you mentioned coaching so I coach Eddie Brocklesby, Iron Grand, for many years. We're great friends. Um, you know, she's 78. She's, um, you know, about in a few months' time to do another Ironman race. You know, and at the other end, you've got these amazing youngsters coming up. And, yeah, it's just, it's just a great sport. How do you think it's changed over the, the last few years? Um, that's an interesting one. Um, I guess the depth of quality has grown a lot. Um particularly in the men's racing. I mean, of course it has in the women, but, you know, when you see, wow, you know, some of the 10K times they're knocking out now, like in Yokohama and stuff, you know, it's not, you know, just the, the top few that are kind of going under 20, you know, under 20 or 30 or, or thereabouts, you know, there's the top 10 guys. And um, I guess the, 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 the coaching has become a little bit more... Um, intense I suppose you know when you look at different federations and you look at the British Triathlon Federation or British Triathlon you know they they're amazing you know the team the facilities you know what the athletes have you know and I think for some athletes that can work really well and for others that kind of pressure doesn't because there's a lot going on you've kind of got nutritionists you've got you know conditioning coaches you've got physios you you've got so many people and I do remember that I was one of the first athletes to benefit from lottery funding and um, you know I'd done pretty well racing around Europe at that time you know I, I wasn't world-class but I de definitely was you know pretty decent at European level and um, and then when I was funded you know it got much more complicated for me and I didn't deal with the pressure very well of constantly mm -hmm. having to um, I guess be answerable but that's normal because now it's become like a business right so you're funded by lottery funding and you know there is more pressure on the you know the individual athlete to succeed and to produce the goods because if you don't then then you're out kind of thing I remember when you were racing Annie and there was this sort of in the women's GB team particularly there was quite a lot of depth in that team there was yourself there was people like Julie Dibbons there would have been Jess Harrison Leander Cave would have been in amongst that sort of era as well and then in the men there was sort of there was there was sort of Tim Don <laughs> and then Spencer and Simon had sort of been and gone and there was that sort of lull and, and then the Brownleys came along it has changed dramatically I mean I look at the women the, the GB women in depth now and you could pick an Olympic squad from about 10 different athletes um it's it's amazing uh, I mean even Beth Potter she's running what was it? She set a British record for 5K not so long ago. 1441. It's, it's amazing. I think the coaching has changed. I think it's become a lot more professional in, as, as a sport. But just on the coaches, you've been coached by some of, we've mentioned some other coaches in the past. What were the, some of the, the, the key differences between those coaches? So, for example, the different styles or the different methods that they might have used. 
How did Brett Sutton compare to Bill Black, for example? Well, I guess they were both old school. You know, it was a, both about, you know, going out every day and uh, not smashing yourself, but just giving the, the best that you had. And, you know, for me, yes, it has become more professional for want of a better word, but um, it hasn't really changed. You know, it is about, as an athlete, yes, making sensible decisions about your body um, and about what you do and, and picking up when you need to, you know, when you need to smash it and when you need to back off. Um, it's about recovery. It's about eating well. It's about sleeping well. Those things haven't changed, right? It's about mixing your aerobic days with, you know, more intensity, you know, but has it changed that much? You know, I don't know what's happened. I think is like, if you look at Joel Filiol, who, you know, he's been on your podcast. I've listened to him. I'm a big fan too. Um, success breeds success, right? So, you know, that's why Brett was so good. You know, he had these big groups because I go back to them, the Siri Lindley days, the Loretta Harrop days. Um, I was after joking and people like that. But, um, you know, when you're all training together, you know, you, you rub off on one another. And, and I think when you look at the British team, that's what, what's happened with the, with the Brownlee brothers. Um, that's what's happened with, um, you know, both on the men and the women's side, you know, it's, it's just, it's just amazing. Um, and the American team as well, you know, people are asking, how are they doing it? You know, you could, you, you could probably put in three Olympic teams, right? <laughs> with mm, the quality yeah. of the athletes they've got. But you look back at what Gwen Jorgensen did, you know, success breeds success. You, you can't argue with that. And, and yeah, I think, I think you're right, Paul, you know, that, you know, perhaps there is a bit more professionalism, but, you know, it doesn't change it's about looking after your body eating well sleeping well and training well you know smashing when you need to backing off when you need to I mean that's that's a bit blunt but that's the way I see it yeah uh, I, I don't think coaching has changed too much uh as in as in the sessions you need to do hasn't changed the the, the methodology hasn't changed. I just wondered if there was whether some worked more on your psychological game or whether others sort of worked more on skills or whether it was, you know, and all those sorts of things. But yeah. And I guess when I think of professionalism, I thinking more along the lines of age group coaching has definitely become a more professional thing than, than what it used to be. Whereas in the old, in, in the old days, I can remember swimming with a swimming club, running with a running club and cycling with a cycling club. And, and that, that is much less so. I think at age group level now, um, but yeah, professional wise, it hasn't changed. It is, you know, the, the Brownleys are, are old school in the way they train. It's, it's, it, it hasn't changed. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the, the Brownleys are, you know, it's like go hard or go home. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and people, a lot of people think that that's what Brett Sutton's like, but you know, I can honestly say that uh, the years that I was training with him were the, the best, the fittest, the strongest, the most healthier, healthiest years I had you know he just literally balanced out you know we do one massive aerobic day followed by you know something much more intense and and that's how we rotated it and you know you got a day off on Sunday when you had a two-hour easy ride and that's what we did you know Monday Monday through to Saturday um but but a lot of it works you know and the brownies are renowned for training incredibly hard you know and it's it's funny you know that thing about taking risks and a lot of people said well you know they didn't train as hard then they wouldn't get injured yeah and they also wouldn't have you know two gold medals and a silver medal and a bronze olympic medal between them would they right so 
So it was Eddie that really kicked me off in coaching. So when I knew I was kind of getting more to an age when I wanted to retire, um, Brett sort of bit, gave me a bit of an ultimatum that it was either, you know, go and do Ironman or I'm not coaching you any longer. And I never wanted to do Ironman racing. But I also at 35, 36, I think I was, I just thought, you know what, I want something different. You know, I just don't want to keep sort of, you know, battering myself I want to not be thinking sleep eat train sleep eat train um, and so I started working with Eddie and then Josie Perry who is a really great friend of mine and um, she's a great sports psychologist I started coaching her and then just gradually a few more people came on board and you know I've never trained loads and loads but um, I've got about eight athletes that I coach now and um, they, they've been with me all of them for so long and and I love I love just sort of helping people you know achieve their goals and I don't really care if that's a 16 hour you know Ironman or if it's a nine hour Ironman it doesn't make any difference to me you know in fact sometimes getting people to achieve things when they thought it's never going to be possible is more rewarding than coaching someone who's very talented. Mm -hmm. So you've got eight athletes which is you know quite a nice number of athletes to coach but you're fitting that around a busy um commentating career uh tv performances as well as your own training can you tell, talk a little bit about the balance and and also how you got into the commentating side as well balance <laughs> <laughs> you know what i you know you just you just you get on with it don't you i think i think women do tend to be better and really no offense really um it, or it's they are better at multitasking than uh, the, the men um, I know from my husband he's like really methodical and everything has to just be just so and I know he know he thinks I'm really a bit slapdash but you know we meet somewhere in the middle um so the the commentary work came about through um John Lunt who's a great friend of mine for those who don't know him he was the man behind um and, and for the listeners uh, human race series years ago um, a great guy and a really good friend absolutely loved him to bits and uh, I was working with Tri247 so with um, Henry Budget and um, and then later John Leveson Paul Shanley as deputy editor on the on the website and uh, I went round to John to interview him for the site and, and he said well what else are you going to do with your life and I went oh, I really want to do some, some TV work so it was John who got me involved with Dream Team who used to cover all the uh, domestic races um, so he got me on board for Windsor and um, and it kind of started from there really and then the, my first gig with the BBC I think must have been about back in 2009 or something um, and it's just grown from there and um, and as you mentioned earlier I've been really fortunate to have uh, started working with Super League Triathlon in fact I did a about three years ago the first event I covered for them um, in Jersey and I've been to Malta Singapore and Mallorca and I'm back this year pretty much sort of full time throughout the whole series um, we've also got a podcast as well which I'm doing with Macca and Will McCloy which is really good fun um, a bit silly all having a go at one another um, I don't know if you know Macca but actually he's really lovely Macca but they're all we're all a bit sarky um, and um so, yeah, so I'm covering that. But how do I manage it? I don't know. You just do, don't you? I mean, I've got two kids. They're 10 and 12. Um, and so you have to fit in, like, their, their swim stuff, you know, the football, the ice skating, because my daughter skates as long as, you know, as well as swimming and playing piano and I keep them busy. I want to keep them off those screens for as long as possible. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then the coaching is nice because it fits in. And, you know, I do run and I love running. Um, I'm planning to do another marathon at the, the end of this year, but probably my training is the one that's at the bottom of the pile. I'm not really that 
you know, I love to train, I need to exercise, but I'm not obsessive about it. You know, I've been there and done that. So, you know, I didn't train the last couple of days, last three days, because I've just been busy and off the back of working on Yokohama. So I had an all-nighter on Friday night and stuff, you know, just a bit knackered. So I'm, I'm happy to part that up, you know. Yeah. So we, we know how you got into Super League and commentating Super League. T- tell us what it's, what it's actually like working on it. I mean, to watch it and the arena games as well was fantastic to watch the energy is amazing it is it is incredible it's really good fun um you know it's not I'm not just being sort of biased because I know I'm fortunate to have that job you know there aren't that many jobs in commentary and and presenting in triathlon um but it's really fun racing it is absolutely relentless once it starts um and I think it's in terms of um TV perspective for, for spectators it's brilliant because it moves and changes so quickly um uh, the athletes are absolutely in the red you know although funnily enough you know Martin Van Riel who won the both the men's race and then Beth obviously who got first uh, in London and second in Rotterdam I mean she just dealt with it brilliantly you know the composure the accuracy of the transitions the speed you know what did the men swim? Like two, two, it's something ridiculous. Two, two oh four or something ridiculous. Was it two oh two? Two oh two for the two hundred, you know. Um, and um, Alex G knocked out. I think. 241 for all three of his 1k reps on the curved treadmill I mean okay it's not totally accurate it's a treadmill we all know that but still you know and it's so it's really good fun I mean sometimes as uh, the, the reporter on the ground you feel a bit bad when you're shoving a mic in someone's face when they've got 30 seconds to recover and get going for the next round you know having I mean I haven't raced that style of racing but you do feel a bit bad when you're trying to get a few words out of them but they, the athletes kind of tend to know that that is their job too you kind of got to make yourself available because people want to you know the spectators want to know what's going on and, and what they're feeling they all look like they're really enjoying it well they all look like they're enjoying it when it's finished anyway well super league <laughs> super league are great at, you know they've been they really they look after the athletes the athletes have fun you know particularly when they're in those the super league triathlon the championship series when they they're abroad and stuff i mean quite a lot is expected of them in terms of you know um mixing with local people bringing local people to the event and and kind of commitments like that so it's quite it's quite tough for them but they are looked after well by the guys at super league and i think a lot of the athletes have a lot of fun and i think bringing more racing into triathlon is what's really important for it to grow as a professional sport you can't just rely on the world triathlon series to Mm. to give the entertainment all the time because that's going to get boring and there's not enough of it yeah, so it's a it's kind of doing what is it T20 did for cricket? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very similar. And I think you know the guys have obviously sort of thought along those lines as well. You know, how do we keep it fast? How do we keep it interesting? And most important, most importantly, you know, where's the money going to come from? And that's TV. And if you don't make it, you know, TV friendly, then you know you're not going to yeah. make any money ultimately. So, mm-hmm. I like some of the little gimmicks. Not gimmicks. That's the wrong word. But it's a bit like. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Formula One fan. So if I said something like DRS, where they get the, the opportunity to overtake in Formula One, it's a bit like the short shoot in, in the Super League. Um, I mean, that race in Mallorca last year with Johnny and Johnny Brownlee and Vincent Louis, when they were sort of head, head like smashing each other, going up the hill, uh, was, was really good and entertaining. And that's, I guess that's what it's all about. And sort of winning those powers and um, that sort of thing. Let's change, change tack a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the Her Spirit podcast. 
Well, that came that came off the back of um, the um, the tripod, the BBC tripod that uh, Louise and I put together with our with our great um, producer Sarah Richardson, um, and and that was great fun. I don't know if you remember that, but we had Joe Wiley, we had uh, Deborah James, um, also known obviously as uh, Balbeg on on social media, and uh, another lovely guy Lloyd Davis, who we sort of he had to we got an athlete, you know. Joe blogs off the street to write in and tell us why they should be our guinea pig. And it's ran through from January to, the, to, to Leeds Triathlon. And then uh, we went back to BBC to see if they wanted to fund um, another podcast series and, and they didn't uh, in Olympic year. So uh, we got together. I knew Mel Berry from her spirit. She actually sponsored me when she was a Speedo going back to, oh, my God, 95 or something like that when Speedo launched their triathlon range. And uh, we started chatting and I knew she had this app, Her Spirit, which is a great, it's a great um, app. It really is for women out there who, mm. who want that support of online stuff. It's an, an amazing community. And we just started putting this podcast together. And, and as you mentioned, Paul, I mean, fast forward a year. Oh, my God, we've had Judy Murray on there. We've had, we've had um, Sporty Spice. <laughs> Oh, she was amazing. And then, you know, Kelly Holmes, who I'm a massive fan of. And just, you know, week after week, we're just having some amazing guests. So I think we're heading for, um, hopefully we might hit it this week, 200,000 downloads. And I think, touch wood, we might be run across the wall, but we're just waiting to find out now for mental health. So, um, yeah, that's been amazing. Um, yeah, so, and the journey continues. It is, I've listened to some of those and, and it's really good, really diverse. Um, people and topics it, it's it's good yeah, and then, it's, just a little bit of information for you I uh, cycled uh, London to Paris in 24 hours with Sarah Richardson did you and her dad in oh, fact oh my lovely dad yeah. oh my god I always say to Sarah yeah, yeah. you're a lovely dad and she said no don't tell him he doesn't need to have his head any bigger than it already is <laughs> I met him at Leeds Triathlon he's definitely lovely although I cycled with Sarah and he did it without stopping so yeah you're going to ask the question because you know yeah, you want to ask this question. <laughs> it's the question that I like. Right at the very, very beginning, we did a nutrition podcast. And one of the questions that we, we follow through on every single conversation we have is what item of nutrition is bad, but you like it? So your go-to naughty but nice. Oh, my God. I mean, where do you want me to start? <laughs> Well, I think you've got about five minutes left of your time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Listen, I I guess I'm um I'm a bit of a contradiction because I I do I do really like healthy food. I'm really happy to eat you know pig salad and greens and you know healthy fishes and things. But I think most people that know me know that I have two two vices, and one of them is sweet sugary stuff, and the other is wine. Um, <laughs> So at the moment, I mean, wine's always at the top of the list. Um, but as you get older, you realise you can't quite, you know, I was, I was, people never believe me, but when I trained with Brett, I used to have two glasses of red wine every night. So I'd have it while at one glass while I was cooking my supper and then one with my supper. And I, you know, I always thought, it's not an excuse, but having spent a lot of time in Spain, people do, you know, in this country, we don't always have um, a particularly healthy relationship with alcohol. That's not everyone, but, and um, but I have found as I've got older, my tolerance isn't as good. Um, so um, try, I try to try to manage that one a bit. Um, I've really got into these um, 
these uh, strawberry soft scented like lint round things if you go into Sainsbury's now they've got like loads of different colors of them and I really have to just stop myself you know because once I'm licorice all sorts that's another one marathons mars bars caramel bars um rebels shall I stop now <laughs> caramel oh, I'm showing caramel. my age aren't I yeah yeah all right makes me wheezy I can't I can't eat caramel Why? makes me wheezy it makes me wheeze. Why? I don't, I don't know. Don't know. That's interesting because yeah, I but, get. But a hang on, Kate doesn't like ginger either. So. Oh, it, I like ginger. I love yeah. ginger. I, no. I can eat ginger all day long. <laughs> Maybe that's the connection. Maybe it's got ginger in it. <laughs> Wine and chocolate works for me. We're almost done, and I'm conscious of time. So uh, the question I was going to ask you is: if you could give three pieces of advice to a novice triathlete what would they be right three pieces of advice okay gosh right three pieces of advice one is to make sure that you have the right equipment that doesn't mean spending loads of money it absolutely doesn't you know some of the cost of things at the moment I just oh my god um so make sure you have the right equipment make sure it fits you know there's loads of great secondhand stuff out there and there's you don't have to uh, go go hype for me it's about the fit always when people talk about bikes or anything like that you know it's like does the bike fit you you know that's the key thing you know does your race costume fit you you know um make sure you have the right trainers and you know i'm not for spending lots of money but just make sure you you invest some time on the equipment that you get um never take yourself too seriously never ever take yourself too seriously you know just just kind of um, enjoy it. Like you've got to enjoy the journey. You know, it's very special, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're doing an Olympic distance race in four hours or if you're a bloody, you know, uh, Vincent Luis doing, you know, 140s. It is about the, you know, achievement, you know, and a lot of people are sitting on their backsides on their sofas with their KFCs and their McDonald's and will never do what you're doing. So just get out there and be proud of yourself. You know, never, ever, like, I've spent my entire life judging myself, thinking I'm crap generally. I'm just about getting over it, you know, at the age of 50. <laughs> you know, just enjoy your achievement, like whoever you are, you know. Lovely bits of advice. Yeah, and I'm really not convinced that the number of national major medals that you've got would come under the list of, of not so good either. Uh, it's a hell of an achievement. Uh, it's something you should really be proud of. In three words, Annie, without using swim, bike or run, can you please describe triathlon? Okay, hang on a minute. Oh, I've got the, uh, crazy, fun, healthy. Yep. Very good. Crazy, crazy fun, healthy. Healthy, nice. crazy, fun. I thought I thought we were going to get Super League triathlon, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been too easy. Uh, Annie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today and to to talk to us and taking your time to do so. And uh, I wish you all the luck with the podcast and your broadcasting and enjoying your running again and all those sorts of things that you're doing at the moment. <laughs>